for a lot of people, they call themselves Christian, but the truth is they don't practice the faith, right? Uh, it's Christmas and Easter only. They're CEOs. It's kind of a hobby. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about being a disciple of Jesus, suddenly that's not a hobby. That's a way of life. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. And Chad, welcome back to the podcast. You had a little hiatus this last week as uh, you had a family member pass away. Sorry to hear about that. I did. Yeah, I went to Texas. Um, You know, everybody's going to have some kind of memorial service or funeral, right? We're all headed in the same direction. But my uncle passed away and uh, got to go back and celebrate his life and talk about the grace of Jesus in his life. So it was kind of a bittersweet thing. but overall, it was a good thing. I'm glad uh, your brother Chris joined you last week. Yep. Yeah. Last minute shoulder tap. I'm like, hey, man, it's a long shot, but what are you doing at this time on this day? And could you come out for 20 minutes and do a podcast? And he's like, sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't listened to it yet, but I was a little little fearful that once Chris was on, no, nobody <laughs> would want me back. So uh, no. thank you, Chris. Good job. No, he has a he has a, like four other full-time jobs. So I don't think, <laughs> I don't think your job's uh, at risk here. Well, I know he's a busy guy. Um, so... So you went out to Texas. You got to spend some time with with family out there. As a as a pastor, anytime there's a funeral, I'm always like, oh no. Yeah, like, it's, always, it's, just, it's always a little bit weird because mm-hmm. you're playing two roles. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, do I have my pastor hat on right now, or do I have? Uh, it was my uncle, so do I have my nephew hat on, or my cousin hat, or mm-hmm. my? You know, I'm the son of my dad. That was his brother. So. Yeah, it's a little weird when you're a pastor. Yeah, and even just the fact of doing a funeral. Like, weddings are one thing. Weddings are fun, and it's celebratory, and everyone's smiling, and it's like, man, just pour a ton of money into it. And then you do a funeral service, and it's like, it's exhausting. At least for me personally, I don't know if you feel the same way as far as officiating. Yeah, it's not the service itself. It's it's all the meetings before Mm -hmm. and loving on everybody after. And yeah, it's just kind of emotionally draining. I I tell you this, though, I... uh, I'm sitting at a round table with my cousins and my aunt and my dad, and we're talking about my my uncle. His his name was Larry, and we talked for like two hours about how great he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been moments when I've sat with people and hey, tell me something great about you know your dad, your husband, whatever, and there's silence. Mm-hmm. And so I was just so blessed, right, to hear all these stories. I have my own stories about him. Uh, which is which is good, and I was just convicted. You know, I want to live in such a way nobody has to lie at my funeral. Yeah. So, uh, but it was a great celebration, and it was good to see my family. And uh, again, thanks for carrying the ball, and Chris, thanks for uh, being better than me on the podcast. Yeah. So philosophical. Let's go biblical philosophical here for just a second. Okay. Uh, so Solomon writes that it's better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. In other words, it's better to go to a funeral than to a wedding. Uh, because this is all of our ends, and and the living should take it to heart is how Solomon writes it. Uh, whenever I do a service, I do the exact same thing. I sit down with the family. Okay, tell me about tell me about their life, and I just start writing stuff down. And I'm listening, and I'm looking for one stories to share that you know, because that's that's part of the journey, part of the process. But then also, what are the principles for us to learn when it comes to how are we to live our lives based on what we learned from this person's life, who's who's now passed on? So, what were some of the the lessons as you're preparing and you're listening to the stories and you're, you're doing the service that you learned uh, as a nephew, but also as a pastor, as a human being from your uncle's life. 
Yeah, so that's Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2. I know that because I use that verse mm-hmm. in all the funerals that I do. Um, I always tell people there's three things you do at a funeral. You celebrate the person's life. Mm-hmm. You uh, celebrate and remember the grace of God uh, in their life. And you evaluate your own life, mm-hmm. which is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my earliest childhood memories, my uncle Larry's there. He was kind of a prankster. Mm-hmm. Um I'm like five or six. He taught me how to be a good redneck, right? We had this Jeep and we would go hunting and, and we're all running around. And and I've uh, seen I've seen pictures of Chad as a little kid holding dead animals. And, Larry took, so that picture of me holding the armadillo, uh-huh. and then I'm, I'm, I'm six years old. I've got a dead armadillo <laughs> in one hand uh, and, you know, a 20-gauge shotgun in the other. Yeah, so when Chad talks about I grew up, you know, not in the trailer park, but next to it, and you're kind of trying to figure out what is the picture of Chad's childhood. This is the picture that comes to mind whenever Chad talks about his childhood. Yeah, so I've, I've got an armadillo that I'm holding up. And armadillos are heavy, by the way. And I'm holding that, and I have the gun. Uh, my Uncle Larry took that picture. Mm. And there's an old Jeep behind us. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> one particular hunting trip, I'm like six years old. We're getting, we have this old cabin in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I'm, I'm standing there getting ready to get in the bunk bed. Uh, in my underwear and there's cows outside the window and they're making noise or whatever. And my Larry and my uncle Larry goes, Hey, you think those are girls out there? I'm standing there in my underwear looking out the window. He's, I think they're looking at you. They're looking at you. You know, and then I hear, right. It's just a crystal clear memory from my childhood. So, so, so what we're, I'm glad we're blessing everybody. I right know now. you guys are all welcome. So, so what are some of the lessons you learned from Larry? Uh, Honestly, I, I say this all the time, but it, it, it's something that I need to be reminded of. And, uh, you know, it, it, it runs a little deeper when you have these experiences. In the end, all that matters is God and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, life's about relationships. You know, he had a special relationship with each of his grandchildren. Um, he had a special relationship with each of his kids. He really showed them his love for them by what he did. He gave and served. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, he he just loved people well. He had been married to his wife for 45 years. Wow. Um, I'm 48 years old. Uh, they got married when they were really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I told you how old my aunt was, people would gasp. Should I go ahead and tell you? Yeah, I, I figured this is the... It, uh, it, it was another time. It was Texas and they <laughs> stayed married. She got married when she was 16. Wow. And my uncle was uh, 19. Wow. And uh, they've been married for 45 years. And I've watched them go through thick and thin. And one of the things I, I told my aunt is, uh, you know, your commitment to each other in marriage made a mark on me mm-hmm. in a really good way. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm proud of my uncle. I was, I was you're going to make me cry. I was totally honored to have the privilege to stand up and talk about him. And as always, was honored to talk about Jesus and the grace of Jesus in his in his life. Um, you know, he wasn't a perfect guy, mm-hmm. but he had trusted in a perfect Savior. And uh, yeah, so death's a part of life. And it was a good celebration. It was a good uh, remembering and celebrating the grace of God. And it was it was a good opportunity to the point of your question for me to evaluate my own life and just commit myself again to life's about relationships. Yeah. Yeah. 
So in this series, you, you, you mentioned uh, in the first week of the series that we're currently in, which is Church People Are the Worst, talking about what does it actually mean to... Isn't that a great title for a series? <laughs> it is. I've, I see I, people grimace just a little bit. They, they go to one of two extremes. Either they're like, this is going to be the best series ever. Or they're like, <laughs> what? I am a church person. <laughs> yeah. You can't be possibly talking about me. I tell everybody this past week, hey, if that bugs you, just lighten up a little bit, mm-hmm. right? You all you all know a church person that's a jerk, so, so <laughs> let's, let's just laugh. Uh, and, and then let's talk about what is a Christian really and what does the Bible actually say? Because there's a lot of people that are really religious, mm-hmm. but they're missing out on what matters most according to what the Bible teaches. Yeah. So, and you, yeah. you mentioned just now following Jesus with your, your uncle Larry. And uh, at the first week, you said there's some people that Christianity and, and what they've made that to mean and made that to be, it's void of the one who's, whose name that bears. It's, it's void of Jesus. And if it doesn't have Jesus, it's not, it's not Christianity, <laughs> biblical Christianity. Um, Talk to us a little bit about uh, what what is the definition that we should be using? If it's not Christian, what, what's a better word, a better way to say this is what it means to, to be a follower? So the word Christian uh, is only in the Bible a couple of times. Depending on your translation, it might be in there three times, mm-hmm. but it's never defined. And so um, kind of the verse that we're looking at as we say, what is a Christian? It's from Acts chapter 11. It's verses 25 and 26. But it says the disciples, mm-hmm. and when we hear the word disciple, we always think the 12. There are actually hundreds. Mm-hmm. The word disciple just means a, a disciplined follower of a master. So these followers of Jesus, it says in verse 26, the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And what it was was there were outsiders that were looking. What it was was, did you like that? That's good. What it was was. We'll just edit out one of the wases. <laughs> <laughs> people outside of the of this group of people, we're looking at this group of people going, you guys are acting like Jesus, you're little mm-hmm. Jesus juniors, you're little Christers, you're, you're Christians. Yeah. And they were living their lives in such devotion to Jesus that they were doing what Jesus would do if Jesus were in their place. Mm-hmm. And it was the world that looked at this group of disciples and said, little Jesus juniors, little Christers, little Christians. And mm-hmm. so that's where the term came from. Yeah. And the series isn't meant to be like disparaging to all churchgoers. That, that's not what this is. Of, I mean, of, there, course there, of course, there's people within the church who uh, really do exemplify the ways, the uh, the lifestyle of Jesus. And we, then there's we, those- We who, celebrated a few of those yeah. this past weekend. And yeah. then there's those who don't. The challenge is they all have the exact same brand, yeah. the exact same title. And they go, oh, you're a Christian. Well, so-and-so says they're a Christian as well. And these lives are totally different from one another. Well, when, when you have Mother Teresa mm-hmm. saying that she's a Christian- and you have uh, somebody like Adolf Hitler who publicly said he was a Christian. Yeah. You have to ask yourself. What is going on? What does mm-hmm. that word mean, yeah. right? Because you, you, you couldn't get any more polar opposite worldviews than you get in Adolf Hitler and Mother Teresa. Yeah. So uh, what is the word Christian? Through the years, all kinds of people on the opposite sides of all kinds of issues have called themselves Christian. Mm-hmm. Um and basically, at the end of the day, you can kind of make it mean whatever you want it to mean mm-hmm. because the Bible doesn't define it. What the Bible talks about, what Jesus came to do, what Jesus said was, follow me, trust in me, believe in me, be a disciple of mine, which means a student or apprentice, learn from me. When you start talking about being a disciple of Jesus, that's very specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a little bit dangerous yeah, because it's, it's clear. So you shared a story this weekend of Anne Rice who wandered into this 
quagmire brand of Christianity. Yeah. And talk, talk to us just, just real briefly, give us the story of her kind of coming to faith in Jesus. And then she got into this thing, evaluated and, and just kind of walk us through her journey. So I read her autobiography and uh, she is a very bright person. Like I've got my dictionary close by, right? And I, <laughs> I kind of mentioned some of that this, this past weekend. But Anne Rice is most known for um, the book Interview with a Vampire. She wrote these Vampire Chronicles. Um, so kind of, be- kind of a darker author. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. That became, um, I mean, she's, she's been called the modern day Edgar Allan Poe. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's on that level. Um, you know, that interview with the vampire became a movie and Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and that, that whole deal. Uh, but Anne grew up as, uh, in a, in a Catholic home and then, uh, late teenage years, 18, 19 goes off to college, uh, really becomes an agnostic, mm-hmm. uh, even more so, she said, you know, an, an atheist. She kind of bounced back mm-hmm. and forth between those two things. And for 38 years, lived her life that way. Yeah. And, and if you're listening, an atheist believes there's no God whatsoever, agnostic, there's a God, but he's totally distant. There's no way to know him and disconnected. Yeah. And, and so that's that's where she was. And of all things, um, she's an intellectual. She's, she's studying for some different books and things she wants to write. She was always fascinated with Judaism just because the Jewish faith has survived. Mm-hmm. For thousands of years, yep. right? So she's like, well, that's unique Yep. because uh, Jews have been scattered all over the world. They've come back together. They got their country, you know, they, yep. they have the Nobody's land. Nobody's worshiping Zeus, but people still worshiping Yahweh. What's what's it about this religion that's lasted? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she, she looks into Judaism and, of course, the story of Israel even up to modern day. And uh, she really got into studying um, the rebellion that the Jews led uh, just after the time of Jesus, mm-hmm. and the Romans wind up uh, destroying the temple, which mm-hmm. Jesus prophesied about, yep. and they did that in 70 AD, and she wanted more information on it. And she had always thought that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, that those were written a long time after the mm-hmm. life of Jesus, and thus, you know, there probably weren't miracles, but, you know. They added those in later. They started telling stories yep. and then myth and then, and then legend. All of a sudden, so, it's like the fishing story where the fish went from this big to now it's this big. That's and, exactly yeah. right. And so she's um, studying all this, and she says, well, I'm going to read the New Testament and see what they say about the war. And nothing was said. Hmm. And so she's looking at this going, why are they not saying anything about this really important thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And she came to the conclusion, well, because it hadn't happened yet. Yeah. When Luke wrote the gospel of Luke, he was speaking to eyewitness. Yeah. Uh, eyewitnesses. He, he was giving a, 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 an account uh, like a journalist. He was interviewing people that experienced it, and he wrote it down. Uh, John wrote it in his lifetime. Uh, and she starts looking at this uh, through this historical lens of— um, accuracy when it comes to the New Testament, you know, these documents. And sh- she comes to faith mm-hmm. um, intellectually and then emotionally. And then, you know, what she was taught as a child kind of kind of comes back. And uh, she has a life-changing experience with Jesus. And it was an intellectual journey that became mm-hmm. a, a journey of the heart. And so she talks about all this in her autobiography. And then, so it, it's interesting too, as you say, she kind of autobiography, up- by the way, is called Out of the Darkness. Okay. And um, I'm going to add this, excuse me for interrupting you, but she said, you know, she said, I think when I was writing the the stories of Lestat and Interview with a Vampire and some of those things, I was actually writing about myself Mm -hmm. and the reality of the darkness of the world without God. Mm -hmm. 
And she said, I didn't realize it, but there was a longing in me that uh, once I came to faith, uh, the longing was met. It's yeah. fascinating. And and I know that there's more to the story here that, that we'll, we'll get to here quickly. But Brendan Manning, there's this quote, famous quote, number one cause of atheism in America is Christians. And it's not an intellectual thing that gets us into atheism. It's not studying science. In fact, science points to God. It reveals God. Um, and we could have, we could do a whole podcast on that. Uh, but it's, it's growing up around Christians, whatever that means and going, there's just something not right here that, that pushes a lot of people away from what their souls are actually longing for. And it keeps them in darkness, which is the saddest thing in the world. Cause Jesus is going, Hey, you're the light of the world. Yeah. And, and yet we're pushing people or keeping them at bay in the, the darkness by this title of Christian. That doesn't mean a whole lot the same to different people. So let's go back to, to Anne's story. So she's okay. I'm in, I'm part of this thing. Uh, but then there's another turning point. There's a yeah. little surprise in the story. I, I just read this morning, uh, Gandhi said about Christianity, I love Christ, mm-hmm. but I don't like Christians very much. Which when yeah. Gandhi starts saying that, dang. Yeah. He says, um, my problem with Christianity is not Jesus. I, yeah. I really like Jesus. It's all you Christians, you know, that I have yeah. a problem with. And I'm paraphrasing it. But yeah, so so Anne gets to this point. Um, and I, I won't talk about everything I talked about in the sermon. You can go back and listen to the sermon. But basically, she quits Christianity. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm still a follower of Jesus. I'm I still st- devoted to Jesus. I still None have of a relationship yep. with God. Um, but I don't want to be called a Christian. Because that brand can mean anything to anyone on any day. And, and there's a whole lot of Christians. I don't want to be associated with that, with that group, which is really what we're talking about in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. So for a lot of people, they call themselves Christian, but the truth is they don't practice the faith, right? Uh, It's Christmas and Easter only. They're CEOs. It's kind of a hobby. Mm -hmm. But when you start talking about being a disciple of Jesus, suddenly that's not a hobby. That's a way of life. Yeah. And so um, I just, and I heard her story from another pastor um, a few years ago. And then in, in, in preparation for this series, I'd was reminded of it and uh, so so read her story, but I was just fascinated by her journey. Mm-hmm. And um, she and I, to this day, would be on different pages, maybe theologically about some things. Sure. Uh, but I believe she's a sister mm-hmm. uh, in Jesus. And um, I'll probably never meet her this side of heaven, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm just a little old me and she's Anne Rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of look forward to being in heaven and talking to her and just asking her some more things about her journey. Yeah. Um, it was it was just really fascinating. She's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this. There's an organization they do videos. It's called I Am Second. Uh huh. And there's all these people that just tell their faith journey. Uh, look up I Am Second. And Anne I think Rice. Our, our smart guys could put a link or something on this podcast. I don't know how all that actually works, but they. Uh, I'm looking for a nod or something. Yeah, we'll put a we'll put a link in there to this. It's like ten and a half, eleven minutes of Anne Rice telling her story. And uh, that might be worth a listen to you if you're uh, if you're a fan of the Vampire Chronicles or, or any of those things. But uh, even if you're not, just just to hear the journey of a woman that came to faith intellectually and and met God in a real personal way, yeah, um, powerful, it's a good thing. Yeah. So the branding of Christianity, uh, the Bible doesn't actually teach that that we're to brand ourselves that way. Again, to your point, it was outsiders looking in, going, "These people are living the way Jesus lived." Yeah. Uh, but the brand that we're to be known for, kind of to circle it all back around, and this is why we named the podcast what we named it, and why we say this all the time: uh, we're to be known by our love for one another. 
That's the that's the brand, uh, not the T-shirt bumper sticker checkbox. Uh, I, I had to fill out a form recently, and it asked, you know, what, what's your faith, and I had to check off, you know, Christian. But but that's not what's to identify us. It's it's to be our love one for another. Yeah, um, yeah Jesus said the world would know us by that. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're listening and you're um, an agnostic, an atheist, you, you don't you're not sure what you believe, maybe, and you're like, well, how would I? How do I know a real one? Right, a real Christian when I see one, a real follower of, of Jesus. Well, Jesus said the world would know Christians by their love one for another. Mm-hmm. Actually, he didn't say that. He said the world would know his followers mm-hmm. <laughs> by their love one for another. And yet, in modern Christendom, you know, Christians are kind of known for their a lot of other things. Judgmental, yeah, being hostile, being mm-hmm. judgmental, disputatious, disputatious. Good word, Robert. All all of those kinds of things. Um, which is why Anne said, I'm out, yeah. you know, I, I don't know that I want to be known as a Christian, but I'm a, I'm a follower of, of Jesus, which begs the question, right? Um, if we were known for our love, would she have said, oh yeah, no, I'm not in. I don't want to be known for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. It's like Jesus has given us this beautiful, wonderful gift, you know, his presence in our lives. And yet through the years, we've put it in this really crappy wrapping paper that nobody wants to open it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So we can do better. So yeah, in the sermon this past weekend, if you didn't listen to it, please go online and do so. Uh, We just talk about rebranding the faith. And I talk a little more about Anne and her testimony and what the Bible says about being known for our love. Yeah. Well, to circle it all back around, let's take account of our lives. Let's be known for our love. Let's evaluate. How do do people see us? Is that the reputation that we have in our workplace, in our homes, in our families, in our communities? Um, Let's follow Jesus. Yeah. In all of our relationships. Live in such a way that nobody has to lie about you at your funeral. Preach it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if this is helpful for you, like, share, subscribe, and uh, there's a lot more to come. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.